0: y'all welcome back to kentucky fried wargaming where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance i'm joe and i'm john and uh this episode of the podcast is one that we're kind of excited about. Uh, it's just—it's fu- kind of running on the heels of a reveal that uh, was sort of dropped while we were—we're uh, were getting ready to think about what to record, and it's got us excited enough that we think it's worth talking about it in a whole episode. Because John, I don't think we've ever deep dove into this topic
1: at all. No, and to 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 start us off um, before we actually get into the topic. Let's take everyone back to the time before the Great Panini, like back to like 2019, I think it was.
0: Time's an illusion. When we were just walking around, sticking our fingers in bowling balls and eating hot wings with
1: those same fingers. Back when we were helping run a LARP, Joe, and we <laughs> first found out about Kill Team, and it was the coolest sounding thing. Ugh. It it's got a hell of an elevator pitch. Like, hell of an elevator pitch. And what this episode is going to be about is that we are going to be talking about what we want to see from the next edition of Kill Team. Because we both love it conceptually. But we got some issues.
0: Yeah. would we, you agree, Joe?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we played a, a fair
0: amount of first edition Kill Team, actually. Uh, because it solved a lot of the sort of issues that we sometimes have with 40k when we heard about it at first. So we got the books and dove in. And it did it quite... Play out how we expected Um, I was playing it about two or three times a week for about two or three months there It was it was pretty good for a bit and uh, and then the cracks started to show and then for us at least the the foundation buckled out from under us Um, but with the announcement that a whole new edition of kill team is coming Uh, I think there's some hope on the horizon for this game system to maybe be what we wanted it to be but first Let's talk about hobby progress and games played. All right, John. Hobby progress and games played. Uh, what you been up to recently in the, the hobby realm?
1: So, I both read a book and painted models this week. Good um, God almighty. <laughs> I went I above and beyond. Yeah, I finished the Dominion book. Um, it's very good. If you haven't listened to it you or read it, you should. Um, talks a lot about the Crusades. Talks a lot about the Cruel Boys. Talks a lot about uh, Stormcast. Talks a lot about Gurr. Uh, I think it really does a good job of setting the tone for where we're currently at in the setting. Specifically with Destruction versus, like, Sigmarite Order. Mm-hmm. It's great. I won't spoil any of it. The other thing is I've been painting Stormcast from Dominion.
0: I bet that uh that went hand in
1: hand. Yeah, so I've Zenithal I like primed all of the miniatures. Minus two of them that I foolishly left at Joe's house. And You fool. You rube! Yeah, and it wasn't like even like Yanastra, it was like the banner the guy boy. and the caster. Mm-hmm. So, like, whatever. Um, so I've just been working on base coating them in gold. And just seeing how it goes. Like, I'm, I'm new to painting with this amount of gold on a model. It is a ton.
0: It's a little overwhelming at first. Uh, at least it was for me when I painted my Stormcast back in the day.
1: And so, like, painting it with the base coat it looks so bright. And my initial reaction is, ah, oh, goofed. It looks so bad. And then I realize mm-hmm. I'm going to shade it and wash it and highlight it and dry brush it and all this other stuff. So I need to just chill.
0: Yeah, man, you just got to mellow. Every model we ever paint looks poopy up until like the very end.
1: And some of them just look poopy at the end too. Like it uh, happens. I've been d- do happen. times.
0: I've been there. Hell, I, I I'm debating whether I'm there right now. <laughs>
1: oh the browns on your sylvanath
0: yeah so for me uh i have been waiting i think i mentioned it on a previous hobby progress i've been waiting on some paints to come in uh they were paints that nobody sold locally which is kind of a bummer because when i can i like to keep my hobby dollars local uh but they just didn't have a supplier anywhere in my region even within like a hour drive so I ordered them a little while back from their manufacturers' websites, and I was just waiting on them to get here. And uh, this weekend, they finally arrived, which is great. Uh, and it also coincides because Sylvaneth are pretty decent, although the recent, like, Kragnos fixed our Wildwoods, and then they just dropped an FAQ that absolutely borked it up again. It's, whatever. But the rest of the army, besides the woods, are now much more playable. They're much more interesting. I think there's some gas in the tank. And uh, I thought, what a good opportunity to kind of try some stuff. See how I feel about maybe the paint scheme. Because when I originally painted my Sylvaneth, it was when I was newer to hobbying. I wouldn't say, it's not the first thing I ever painted, but it I was newer to like painting. Wasn't so the first
1: thing you painted uh, Seraphon? Uh,
0: I didn't actually paint the Seraphon. I built the Seraphon and went, oh God, these models are ugly. And then...
1: Sold the Seraphon. Uh, you little model snob. <laughs>
0: I am a model snob. I can't help myself. I built the dinosaurs and went, yeah, Jurassic Park. And then I looked at the Saurus Warriors and went, oh, herp derp.
1: Played on a kazoo. Aww. It was so
0: bad. Um, So I sold those on. I never got to paint them. Um, I think the first thing I ever painted was a Tyranid Gargoyle, I think, was the first thing I painted. And then, like, a little Halfling for a D D mini which I still have. It it doesn't look good, but I'll never repaint it because it's a good anchor mark. Um, but yeah, I I then painted the Silvaneth pretty early on. And don't get me wrong, they don't look awful. It's just they don't have a lot of contrast to them. And I don't mean, like, the paint line from GW. I mean, like... When I went to paint them, it was just like, all right, I'm going to paint brown all over. Okay, I painted that color of brown. And now I'm going to wash the brown. And now I'm going to just hit it with a highlight in, like, a few spots. And that was it. Like, there was no zenithalling. There was no, like, three or four color workup like I do now with the salamanders to, like, work up from a dark green to a mid-green to a light green to, like, a really, 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 really light green, almost yellow. Like... I feel like my painting skill had come far enough where I was just like, ah, let's, I'm going to just take one model and and try out the scheme that I saw on YouTube. Um, and I uh, tried it out and it looks a little weird. It does. I started with like a deep, deep mahogany red sort of color, which looked pretty cool. It was sort of coffee almost in color. And then I came at it from above, with some, with like a khaki color, sort of like woodish khaki color, and uh, gave it sort of like a much more zenithal scheme, and uh, and then I washed it all over with Acryx shade just to see the bark color, and I don't know how I feel about it, like it's got more contrast than the original models, for sure, because the original models were like a base color of like a reddish brown, so when I went to do my autumn scheme, the like, reddish-brown mixed with the reddish-reds just made, like, a, a... There was no contrast. It was rough. Um, so, I feel like this scheme might help contrast against the autumnal feel with the lighter bark. However, there's no details painted, and it just looks a little odd at the moment.
1: Well, I think that that's kind of the nature of what you're painting, I think once you get some details in, get some, like, because most of the contrast from Sylvanath seems to come from, like, the details, right? Like, the leaves, the the weapons, the the runes, stuff like that. Yeah.
0: I might throw some glow effects on the runes. Um, I got to do, like, the leaves and the branches. Uh, But, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe I come in and, like, heavily undershade it. I could do that, Maybe. If I had to come in with like a dark color and like really, really accentuate the undershading if I want to punch up the contrast more. Um, But yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I'm at that phase where I'm like, is it just poopy model syndrome or I'm just at a phase in the process that it looks poopy? Or is this just poopy? And it's hard to
1: tell. I think we're having the same problem right now because I'm doing that with base coating gold. You're doing it with base coating brown. Neither of which colors look great, By themselves. Like they need other things on top of it. Yeah, I feel
0: like they need something else to breathe life into the scheme. So I think I might just and I did it on a tree lord, so it's not like it's on a model that I'm really like I need right now.
1: But yeah, I'm like
0: I might keep hammering away at
1: it and see what I get. Don't half ass it, whole asset, and then decide you hate it and then you're gonna strip it.
0: Yeah, I think I might just take it towards the end and then look at it and go, How do I feel? How do I feel? Um and luckily you know i got a little bit of time it's not like i'm taking these sylvanet the tournaments or anything but uh yeah it's a it's a moment of hobby hesitancy that i just gotta i think i just gotta push on through it and keep it running to the end i yeah. mean we've talked about that on the podcast before how sometimes you will like question your work before it's even done and i would be a super big hypocrite if i just stopped here
1: yeah, yeah, I think you just need to follow it through and then we'll show later. And uh listeners, we'll post it up on Twitter and you guys can uh weigh in. How about that, Joe? Does that, Ooh, do you like yeah, that? yeah,
0: yeah. I'll uh I'll send it to you. Well, John, you can grab the two pictures from the Discord. Um but yeah, I'll also post it on Instagram just so you can see what we what we are looking at right now as we are talking about it. Uh and then I'll also maybe we'll post follow up pictures after we like after I push it towards like a finished date and see if maybe it changes some opinions.
1: Um yeah, and we can help put a timetable on you so that you actually do it and don't just go, "No, cuz I know that works for me." Yeah,
0: I feel like I'm better at like forcing myself to do things, but I don't know. This week, uh the new Total War Warhammer DLC came out, so uh it hobby hobby's going to be hard.
1: <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to
0: be real hard to force myself to hobby. I don't know. I, it's just, I think it's a thing that happens to all of us, but, uh, we'll bring y'all along with the journey as we, as we work on through it. Now, onto the main topic. All right, John. Um, well, I guess if we're going to talk about Kill Team, we should start at the very basics of what Kill Team is, because maybe not everybody listening to us has played it before or is familiar with it because it's not really one of the, like, Games Workshop's biggest side games. Um, So I should probably lay a baseline for exactly uh, what Kill Team is and what sort of fantasy it is uh, trying to play towards. Okay,
1: so Elevator Pitch from, like, a game perspective for Kill Team. It is a small skirmish game, so less than 20 models generally. Of infantry models fighting other infantry models on a small board with about a quarter of the terrain as 40k. Well, and I shouldn't say about a quarter of the terrain, about a quarter of the size board. Slightly closer to half the terrain as a 40k table. It's more dense in terms of terrain, but that's part of the appeal. Kind of action movie-like gameplay. Mm -hmm. Sort of like building to building close combat yeah and built kind of from the ground up to be very narrative focused um or match play focused there's a clear delineation between the two of them in the rule set mhm yeah for me it always in my head when i
0: was told about kill team uh it fit a part of the narrative that i kind of always questioned because in when we're talking about uh 40k or even horus heresy for that matter um i feel like it's always giant army versus giant army. And, uh, you know, there are just times when you're kind of reading this and going, y'all, like, what? How do you... Is this how we handle every problem? Like, do we, do we just send an entire legion of space marines to deal with every single problem across the galaxy? Or, like, do we just send a million guardsmen for every minor insurrection or every, like, quabble in the city? And Kill Team's answer to that is no, definitely not. Um, In this game, you are playing sort of small squads trying to accomplish very particular objectives without a lot of manpower. Uh, So that really plays into the idea that, like, are there big armies out there doing the huge battles? Yes. But there are smaller operators out here, you know, Tom Clancy style, kind of laying the groundwork for that, whether they're scouting, whether they're trying to do asset denial, whether they're trying to assassinate someone and do wet work. Uh there are smaller forces out here acting a little more clandestinely and uh also maybe with a little more individual character than the giant legion armies maybe allow you to have. You know, kinda of like a Gaunt's ghost book sort of feel.
1: Yeah, or any of the damn Abnet eisenhorn or inquisition books in which it's more of like a crime drama kind of feel
0: yeah you really only have like 10 guys out with you to try to do whatever it is you're doing uh and you just got to make it work and i think that sounds really cool like i love the idea of getting to play a small like saving private ryan story in
1: space yes give me that that sounds so good well, what what this really does for me is I love the concept of having like a weekend event, right? And we call it like we name a planet or a sector and we name a war and we pick, like everyone says what they're bringing and they pick sides. And then maybe Friday night we all get together. We don't get a lot of time to play like full games, so we play a couple of small games a kill team and it all sets up the conflicts that we're going to do on Saturday. You know, And Mm -hmm. then maybe as we're winding down Saturday night, play a couple of games at Kill Team to set up for the games we're going to play on Sunday during the day as like the big finishers. Kind of like the in-between parts of the Lord of the Rings movies, but for sci-fi. And I think that that's wonderful if we can implement it that way. Yeah, I mean,
0: and I think that's one of the things we loved about Kill Team so much conceptually is that it is a small model count game that has a small board size. Which makes it faster. I mean, what's one what of our average like forty k or even AOS games? I guess for that matter, like big Legion Science games. What do you think it takes us to play one, John? Like three hours, give or yeah, take. about about three
1: hours. Granted, we jabber jaw a lot during our games, so what they take the podcasters night. jabber jaw? You don't say. Yeah, so like we could <laughs> probably, if we were rushing it, like push a game out in two hours. Uh, But we don't rush things. You can't rush perfection. You can't rush a good time. God, no. We're trying to have fun. Um, It takes about three, three and a half hours
0: to get through a full game of 40k. Um, Kill Team, I've had games over and under a half hour. I mean, it's fast. It's real fast, which is great. uh, Because you can fit in a lot of games really quickly. Or you could fit in a game of Kill Team between waiting on opponents and who are both still in a 40k game. Which is just wonderful. Um, and allows you to get a whole lot more bang for your buck if maybe your hobby group doesn't get to game super often and when
1: you do you just want to pack in as many games as you can and um, it also allows you to experiment with other forces like i love admech conceptually i don't want to collect a 2000 point army of admech i mm-hmm. want a bunch of like rangers with like cool Archao pistols with big irons on their hip yeah, I just want I really just want to make a cowboy western with jeans to their cults and like ad mech god that'd be We're, good uh, We we will we'll discuss this again at a later date
0: <laughs> <laughs> We uh someone write that down write that down um, uh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it does allow you to kind of play in other forces without spending a whole bunch of money uh, because Let's be honest. I mean 40k is not a very cheap hobby Uh, and the hurdle can be kind of big especially if you're trying to get a new person into the game because like let's say as i have done a couple of times i have someone who like sees some of my models when they come over to the house to hang out like hey man what's that from and i kind of give them the elevator pitch of one of the game systems and they go oh that sounds really cool like kind of like playing plastic army men i'm like yeah dude exactly like playing plastic army men when you were a kid oh can i play yeah sure hell yeah let's play um and, you know, we'll get together later, we'll set up a big table, we'll pl- teach them the basics, and we'll play, like, a thousand-point game, and they'll have a really good time and go, oh, that was awesome. This is great. Like, how how like, how like do I do this? Like, how much do I have to spend to get an army? Uh, like, you know, can I just, like, buy a big box of plastic army men? And, uh, that's when I have to tell them that, depending on your army, you might be looking at $600. And, uh, Let me tell you, that's a giant hurdle to get someone into a game. And let's say you're even building a 1,000 points, you're still looking at over 200 or 300, depending on your force.
1: Like, it is just a big roadblock. And, like, there are ways of going in that are like, okay, we'll start with a start collecting box for 90 bucks, build it, paint it, and then, like, slowly add on to it as you, like, escalate with your friends. But there's something about, I bought a $40 box of dudes. I built them, I painted them, I put them on the table in the same week. And I'm good to go. And I'm playing a game with my friends.
0: Yeah, I'm ready. Like, this is my full force. I'm good. I spent 50, 60 bucks altogether. I'm ready. Um, that's much easier for somebody. Like, that is a much easier pitch to throw, especially to a new player. Like, hey man, for about the, like, price of a video game, you're in and running, um... That's just so good and it lowers that barrier of entry down to a point that is much easier to get people over the hump and into it and I cannot express enough how how appealing that is for us who try
1: to get new people into the game and even more than just like this a lot of time people talk about Kill Team as like a gateway drug for regular 40k. I think that that does disservice for what this could be. And that this could just be a game for people that want to play these games, but realistically cannot in good faith afford to play these games.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Or maybe don't have the time. Yeah, there's lots of people out there who are like, I really like playing the game, I really like playing the video games that are out, I really like reading the lore, I really like this or that, and they're like, but I just cannot spend that much money on this, I cannot spend that much time on this, I'm just not that invested, or I just, I just won't. Yeah, like, you know, maybe... the, life gets busy, you know, got
0: family, relationships, work, it's hard, and this doesn't ask as much of you.
1: Yeah. And it is just a thing they can play during the week. Like maybe they don't like, maybe their weekends are spoken for. Like they got something to do, and like they've only got two or three night, nights out of the week that they can do stuff. Maybe one's a DD game, and it's kind of hard to fit a full game of 40K into like a weekday schedule. Yeah. I mean, just slap in a game of kill team or two on like a Thursday, and boom, they feel engaged and they're having a great time, and they're taking part in this community that the rest of us have. And that doesn't make them lesser for only playing Kill Team. Hell no. Not at all.
0: Um, and we won't entertain that nonsense even a bit here at the podcast. Um, you know, you're playing the game. You're part of the community. That's all that really matters. Or even if you just are interested. You are you count. Uh, yeah. And I think the Kill Team is a great tool for those people who are hobby heroes. Like, they're just wonderful. And also... Uh, One of the benefits that I think kill team comes with is even for people who have a lot of time or a lot of skill and they're willing to devote a bunch of time to hobby, uh, they can pour that time into a kill team and get a much more flavorful force out of it than you maybe could with that same amount of time in a legion level army. Cause like the most models I've seen in a kill team force is like 15 guardsmen. The fewest I've run is two custodians.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) So,
0: uh, like, there are not many guys on the table. Very few. I'd say the average is probably, like, six to eight, okay? When you have six to eight guys on the table and that's all you have, like, that's all of your battle-like force, you can devote a lot of time to each model to make them very flavorful, very unique, Uh, sort of like kit bash every one of them, give them all a unique story, a unique name, a unique history. And you can build a narrative around this force that's really interesting because you just don't have to do it for a lot of people. And for people who want like really extensive modeling projects, this is a great way to do that. Because if you do get like an HQ unit that you want to make your squad leader and you want to like kit him out in a... Uh, let's say you want to do, like, a Samoan-style, uh, Space Marine group. Like, you want to take 20 hours and do all the spiraling designs on that armor? Hell yeah, do it. Because when you're done, you've knocked out a fourth of your force. Whereas if you're playing 40k, and you do that to one HQ model, you have maybe knocked out a 20th (laughs) of your force? Uh... You know, you just, you push faster, further. Uh, And I think that's another huge appeal that
1: Kill Team brought when we first heard the pitch thrown at us. Yeah. And I think we should probably start talking about why we haven't really talked about it on the podcast before. Because this all sounds great. It does. It sounds sounds like we're rather excited. And we were. And we still... We are now, at least I am, Uh, I'm not going to speak for Joe, I'm excited for what the new edition of Kill Team could be, and because they have said that it's a rework, and I'm going to start this next part of the show by stating, in the preview, they said it's a complete rework from the ground up, and they did hint at that the wounds will be different. Thank God. Uh, It has to be.
0: Because once we started playing Kill Team, the, the sort of hype pushed us for a little while, because we just were, you know, we wanted to like this thing, so you kind of keep trying. It's like when you watch a TV show that you've always heard everybody say is great, and you start watching it, and it's just kind of okay. Just like, no, I got to keep on pushing. I got to keep on going because everybody said it's great. Like, I got it. Maybe i Maybe it's just kind of rough at the start. I'll just let me knock out like ten episodes, and eventually it's gonna get there, right? And then we got to episode eleven, and it still wasn't great, <laughs> and that's when your momentum kind of starts to falter. And you start yeah. to notice uh some of the cracks in the facade. Yeah, kind of like the first ten episodes of this show where it's all just kind of bad. Oh, damn it, you aren't wrong. Uh yeah. I'm uh, not a line, but I'm right. Um we're gonna have to re-record those ten episodes at some point. Yeah, it'll be all right. Um, um but yeah, you know, we sort of started to notice some things, and some of them were huge. Absolutely huge. So Let's just kind of break down some of the things that we really disliked. I'll start with the first one. That when we were pitched Kill Team, when I sort of describe it to you as like a smaller game with a smaller board size and fewer models and like really only infantry units, you probably start to think, oh, that. That sounds like a bit of a simpler game than 40k is, right? Like, you don't have the big monsters, you don't have the big tanks, the vehicles, the flyers, like, you probably don't have, like, the giant monster HQs, like, oh, it's it's probably a little easier to play, maybe a little simpler, and we, we, we kind of assumed that as well, uh, and then we got hit with the pedantic sledgehammer that is the kill team rules, because they are needlessly dense and wordy, and it got
1: grating very very quickly yeah and on top of being like needlessly wordy all of that fun stuff it also is kind of penned as this big action packed fist fight of a rambo movie and then you go to play it and it feels a whole lot of i there's no other way for me to say it than like edging action <laughs> 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 oh, 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 I hate that you're right. Yeah, so like it brings you so close to that moment, really like, cool moment. My guy's gonna shoot your guy. And then it goes, no. Yes. And it takes factions like Space Marines that are like supposed to be these hardcore badasses that fight, you know, against all odds. Duh, 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 duh. And they hit on sixes for the whole game. Or against like, and this would be like great marksman and they can't hit the right side of a barn. And then you've got like factions like orcs or guard that are like, well, we brought 30 dudes and you can't shoot 30 dudes in four rounds. So you're just, you lose. And that doesn't feel good or appropriate. Yeah. Uh, it kind of breaks the fantasy.
0: Like uh, I have never rolled so many dice in my life. To do literally nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, like, just for an example. Alright. My space marine is going to be shooting uh, John's Tau Fire Warrior, okay? It's like, my max range is 30 inches. That Tau guy is like 18 inches away. I go to shoot. My space marine hits on a 3+, because he is a genetically modified super soldier with... computer in his armor that's helping him aim okay cool uh you are just over half range that's a full minus one to hit okay i'm hitting on fours that's fine okay john's model is just a little bit in cover that's another minus one okay i'm hitting on fives uh oh okay so now you roll your dice you got like one hit on a six okay that that's cool uh now john's guy gets an armor save okay great Okay, he failed the armor save. Cool, cool. Now he has to roll an injury check to see if he actually is out of the game or if he's just wounded. Oh, like he he passed the injury check. Never mind, it's fine. Like you get an that- injury.
1: If you get too many injuries, then you're dead. And also every step of injuries that you get adds a modifier, adds a modifier. Like
0: <laughs> it's So, like, also, your space marine might be injured, giving him another minus one. Like, okay, so now he's hitting on sixes. And, like, very quickly... Except for they
1: ignore the first injury, but, like, the second injury is a big deal.
0: So, very quickly, it becomes a whole bunch of people rolling a butt-ton of dice to go, oh, I missed everything. Or, like, oh, I didn't injure anybody.
1: Like, in... And and not in the cool, like, orc way, where you imagine they're just shooting a ton of gun and going, ah, and having a fun time with it. The... It is a lot of pedantic, like, I do this thing, but then this happens. I did this thing, but unfortunately this thing stops me from doing the cool thing I wanted to do. Like, it's a whole lot of but instead of yes and.
0: Yeah. And uh, very quickly, after you've played a lot of those games, you start to notice, hey, my genetically engineered super soldier
1: seems to suck real bad. my my super crack team of space marines got their stuff pushed in by sentient fungus like seven <laughs> times in a row
0: <laughs> I thought I was bringing three custodian guard I'm bringing the three stooges like what is happening What yeah, that is that would happening? be a fantastic bit though like Ugh. Larry Curley and Mo, the custodian wardens Ugh. noted write that down that goes in the Ugh. pile with the big iron on his hip um but yeah, like, very quickly, you're just doing a whole bunch of effort to do very little on a cable top, and that never feels good. It just doesn't. Um, you want to feel like you have agency in the game, and that when you go to execute a strategy, that, like, it pays off. Or if it doesn't pay off, it's because your opponent did, like, some brilliant counter-strategery. And, you know, then it feels a little better. Now you're having, like, a battle of wits rather than I am battling the system to try to do anything. I'm not so much fighting John as I'm fighting this, like, multiple level of red tape
1: that I have to diligently cut through to do a damage. And, Um, like, I ran a narrative-focused kill team thing for some of my friends. And in order to make it fun and not just kind of feel bleh, I had to completely like homebrew most of the rules either out or in different ways. And I feel like that's just not good when you're trying to write a game that can be both like match play pickup game or narrative game. I shouldn't have to sit down and rewrite most of it to make it be able to have like a cool like scenario. No, it should come with that in the box. It says it on the
0: 10. You should get it when you buy it. Um, I also, like, well, we've already kind of touched on it, but the wounds and morale system is incredibly frustrating. And, like, we've already talked about how you have to make, like, a wound save and if you fail it, the guy just stays in-game. This sometimes results in guys staying in far longer than you would imagine they should, and some just getting one-shotted instantaneously by nothing. Um, And when that happens, it is really frustrating in both directions. And it makes kind of your whole view of the game break down pretty quickly uh similar with morale which john
1: absolutely despises in guilty, team yeah i don't like i know how it works i don't like it i think it's needlessly like it's not fun and it's not fun in the way that you know nobody likes losing guys to morale but it's it's not fun in the way that there's so many steps and like checks and balances for it that make it just kind of either not matter or completely end the game. There's, there's no in-between. There's no play space within the design space. It feels really bad. It feels like the way that they used to build morale systems back in older editions of the game that weren't great. And I feel like for a game like this, it should probably be more simple because the game's already short. And it's supposed to be action-packed fun with a crack team of guys fighting another crack team of guys. The morale should not come into play as much as it does. Yeah. Um, when I play Guardsmen Kill Team, I lose more men to morale than I do to enemy fire. Honestly, when I play most of this game, I lose more people to morale than I do enemy fire.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I play Custody, so I don't have that problem. But, you know, I could see how that's definitely a problem for a lot of forces.
1: Yeah. And I, it's a good balancing factor for the Horde armies against the elite armies, but there's got to be a better way of doing that than making it an entire phase of the game that just feels like bookkeeping that isn't fun. Well, um, I think there actually is a way to fix that. Um,
0: and I think that's kind of like, we know that this section of
1: what we're talking about sounds a little negative because it is. Well, <laughs> Before we go on to how to fix things, Joe, I have one more that oh. I, I just thought of. Oh, uh, no. He's added stuff last minute. It's doomsday. Yeah. So when you have factions like Space Marines and you've got 12 or 14 data sheets to choose from with different infantry types, or you've got orcs that are about in the same, same boat, or Imperial Guards when they're in the same boat, or Custodes who only have a handful but they all feel really cool, mm-hmm. you also have stuff like Dark Eldar. That have a large range, but only a handful of them got put into kill team. Even with the elites editions, and then you have stuff like Necrons, which have like three or four things they can take, and they don't cost a lot of points. So you end up bringing like nine Necron warriors that don't really have like a flavor to them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a problem that is gonna have to get addressed. Is that kind of rebalance the data sheets in what people can and cannot take? Yeah, they're inequitous. even if it means making stuff up that you don't have a model for and like allowing people to get creative with it. I think that would be great.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could see that some of the factions are inequitously distributed in terms of like power. Like there are some war scrolls that you read and go, why would I ever take that? And then you promptly never do. So you forget about them. Um, But I think that could be addressed and, I'm hoping the new edition does, because like I was saying, like this section of the podcast probably sounds really negative because it is because we have some genuine problems with the current edition of Kill Team. We just do. We don't want to, but it happened. However, if with this new edition being a rewrite from the ground up, we're really hoping they address some of our problems and we want to throw a couple of suggestions out that we think could make the game super fun. So I think, first off, to John's point, morale has to be thrown out entirely and just redone. Like I don't think they're going to retool their current system in any sort of meaningful way to take the feel-bads out of it and fix some of the negative play experiences that people are running into on the tabletop. Um, Just because of its all-or-nothing nature... You're not going to be able to get any sort of minutiae that you could pull levers to change. Uh, you're just going to have to toss it. But I think you could fix some of the need for a heavy-handed morale system by changing the injury system to a wounds-based
1: system. Well, Cause... and the morale system, too, could just be made simpler. Um. Well We have a game that exists in video games that is a perfect analogy for this. That is XCOM. You have a bravery stat for every one of those characters in that game. Well, in Kill Team, you have a leadership stat. Okay, well, you just roll D6, right? And have, like, maybe a modifier or two. Like, if they took a wound, like, took damage this round, maybe they get a minus one. Right? Or mm-hmm. it's it's a harder save, or maybe there's a dark eldar weapon that causes something like that allows like other factions to mess with it, and then you have a morale test. If you fail the morale test, then instead of like dying or causing your whole group to panic, you just don't move for a turn, just mm-hmm. done, or or you run away, like you have to take a turn to recover, and then when we come back to you, if you pass it, you're good, you're fine. And it would really just kind of keep it all simple. Like, don't have this thing where if so many of If your guys are broken, then they get negatives. But that they're scared, they're getting negatives. If they're broken, they can't do anything. But if they're broken, if too many are broken, then everyone breaks. Game over. Like, you don't gotta do it that way. (laughs) Well, I think the
0: reason they did that was to disincentivize people to bring big hordes. Like, I think that was probably the intention. However, if you move away from the current injury system to a wounds-based system like they've done in Warcry, you just don't need to be that heavy-handed to balance hordes. I mean, put it this way. Uh, Currently, they're doing that so that if someone does bring like 20 orc boys or however many orc boys they can bring, that if you kill just a couple, the whole army will shatter and run away. But instead what sometimes is happening is like even high wound models are running away and it's causing problems. Uh, war The way they fix this is they have a wound stat for every model in the game. It's much higher than like their 40 K. Well, in that game, the AOS equivalent, but here it would be higher than the 40 K equivalent. Like a guardsman may have five wounds depending on how they want to like put everything near one another. Um, and, Let's say a bolt gun does like 10 damage. Now, all of a sudden, you are just like one-shotting guardsmen all over the place. And the horde problem that you had before, or like orcs, we'll put it that, we'll run with the analogy, like you're one-shotting orcs all over the place. And now you don't need to get heavy-handed with balancing hordes because you could just pop the hordes by splitting your shots. Um... And I think that would all like changing to that system would also give you the advantage of making your elite units feel more elite. You know, if if you're looking at like an, uh, a guardsman and you go, OK, so a guardsman has five wounds in this system. OK, cool. And then you look at a custodian and they say this custodian has 40 wounds. You go, oh, my God. That's a big boy. And you should, like, you should, because it is a big boy. Uh, It makes the elite stuff feel more elite, because they're just taking a pounding uh, while keeping on going. And they've done that in Warcry, for example. Um, Like a, for Flesh Eater Quartz that my wife plays, a regular ghoul is, I think, 8 health to be exploded. Uh And her crooked flare is like forty five health, so when it shows up, it you really do get the idea that it is a gorilla with bat wings, and you should probably flee. you should flee um and it would just i don't know seems like changing to that system would solve a lot of frustration and fix the horde issue would kill two birds with one stone yeah
1: i I agree and it would also make it feel action y. Oh yeah. It would make it feel more like a D game and less like forty K. And I know why they wanted Kill Team to feel more like 40K as like a gateway drug. But it it's bad at doing that and you should just make it its own thing. Mm-hmm. Just make it its own thing. Like, I even think that they should get away from a lot of like the like the phase play. No. Like have like a upkeep phase essentially main phase and then like an end phase yeah where you do morale and stuff yeah and so like you've got you've got actions you can do on your turns and that is it you can move and moving constitutes moving on the board doing charges like and maybe like taking aim if you don't want to move right and then have shooting and okay shooting or fighting that you get to you get a misstandard action so you can shoot or you can fight you cannot do both and be like, if you shoot, you shoot gun. Pretty self-explanatory. If you fight, you fight because you've charged and you're in combat or you're still locked in combat. Mm-hmm. Done. And then the third one is a reaction. And so your reaction can be used to, like, you hold it until the end of the round. If someone maybe moves into your line of sight, you can fire. Maybe if, like, someone charges you, you can try to hit them first or overwatch or, or maybe, something. you you know,
0: duck for cover or whatever other cool action scenes you can imagine.
1: Yeah, um, like, Boom. There we go, and then you take like this the 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 activation sequence, and it's just roll off at the beginning of the round to see who gets to pick an activation first, and then activate against each other. Go 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 go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also to make that feel faster,
0: you've got to take out the stacking negatives to hit. Like, <laughs> oh, absolutely. God, those is... have
1: to go. Oh. Uh. That, it like, should be like every other game they have and that you can ma- you can, you can stack them as long as you want. It only matters for plus one and minus one. doesn't matter. You can't, <laughs> yeah, there has to be a net or a plus or minus one.
0: Otherwise, the game just gets way too slow. And that action scene becomes a noodle fight very fast. Yes. Uh, one of the things that Kill Team kind of failed at that uh, War Cry does incredibly well is that Warcry Cry is brutal and it's bloody. And it happened like the action is breakneck that paste Uh, and pretty much right out the gate people start dying <laughs> You know because you're getting like stabbed through the chest with a giant spear made out of a monster's backbone Like, you know, it's probably probably not gonna go well for you um And that makes the game feel super quick and super brutal and it makes everything in your head feel more visceral That it's all happening so fast and it's all so bad and, like, Kill Team never gave you that.
1: But it could with these changes. And I know why they did it. Like, I know I know that they did it because it's a shooting game, first and foremost, with, like, some fighting elements. And you don't want it to just be a shooting gallery. The answer to that is make good terrain rules. Make yeah. good, like, scenery rules. Don't be lazy with it. Because being able to, like, tow a character into a terrain features so just a little bit of them is blocked and he gets a minus one to hit it doesn't it doesn't feel good um it's bad design work i understand they worked really hard on it and uh they probably had to make like a lot of sacrifices to make this thing work and i'm not disrespecting the creators in any way shape or form most of the time when players get a hold of something they find ways of breaking it i understand that we've been there trust us <laughs> yeah we we helped write rules for a LARP. we've been yelled at before for rules um Let's like, but let's be honest, it can get better and it can be more about the fun and making it cool. Uh, And I think the terrain rules do a lot for that because that's what's happened in Ninth edition. Like the, the terrain rules got revamped from Ninth edition and a lot of the games are there. It just makes it way, way better.
0: Well, and like, you know, they block line of sight. So all of a sudden these shooting guys either have to wait for me to pop out or you have to change position Uh, And also, a lot of the terrain in 9th can be breachable. And breachable simply means that, like, infantry could go through it. Because essentially what they're doing in the narrative is, like, a squad of guardsmen will run up on a wall. They realize they need to get through it. They'll throw a breaching charge on the wall, a small contained explosive. And, you know, they turn away. It explodes. There's now a hole. They run through and start firing. Um, And just saying... In this like small elite team narrative that we're trying to build, that's a very cool moment that you could just put on the terrain. Yeah. That like it, you know, this terrain blocks line of sight, but it is breachable so that when you decide you're ready to go through, you punch a hole, you're out. Hey, now you could shoot me, but now I'm coming at you. Like now we're, there's a little bit of back and forth. There's a little bit of play involved.
1: Um, it is my hope that they adopt the keyword terrain rules they have taken for 9th uh, edition and input that into Kill Team.
0: Yes. Yes. That'd be really good. I think it would be super helpful. And it would balance the sort of quote-unquote shooting meta that they're trying to avoid. Um, like, we could have it all. We could have our cake
1: and we could eat it too. And then, like, past that, kind of a like a less serious, like, this won't make or break if I play Kill Team going forward uh but something i would like to see them do for factions like necrons and factions like craft world eldar and factions like uh, sisters of battle some of the the other factions is take the idea that they had from specialists and divorce it from a thing that you need to just put on top of a data sheet and make them their own data sheet like you have guardsmen, right? Basic guardsmen. Then you have veteran guardsmen. Then you have zealot guardsmen, right? Or demolition or specialist guardsmen. Demolition specialist guardsmen or sniper like guardsmen. And give them different weapon options, right? Mm hmm.
0: And allow of of them to get gets a, a grenade launcher. The other gets a sniper, like a last hotshot sniper
1: rifle. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, make it fun. Yeah. And then give them specific abilities instead of having to worry about, like, oh, if we give the sniper, like, if you can just give the sniper ability to any unit, like, any character, like, if you put it on this thing, it's busted. Okay, well, now only allow certain weapon options for the sniper so that it can have a cool ability. Mm-hmm. Like, make the abilities super flavorful and fun because there are specialist abilities for specialist characters and you can only bring up one of them per team. But they're very cool. You know,
0: like, if you wanted to give the sniper an ability called, like, breathe in, shoot, breathe out, um, or, no, breathe in, breathe out, shoot, Uh, maybe that gives them, like, a plus two to hit. Something bonkers to really, like, yeah. even counteract a negative. That would normally be kind of hesitant to be put in the game, because what if they use it on their hero? But if that is locked to a sniper only, now it can't be used on the hero. And now the sniper gets,
1: like, a cool move, a cool moment. Say that, like, because the normal sniper rule is if on to hit rule of a six, you immediately do a mortal wound, right? In addition Mm -hmm. to normal damage. What if they kept that for the sniper rifle rules, right? And the sniper rule uh, is that whenever taking take aim, you get a bonus on top of the normal bonus. So, like, say you have the take aim ability hypothetical. Say it says you get plus one to hit because you chose not to move. You're taking aim. Boom. Cool. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you fire the shot. Okay, well, as a sniper, right, the sniper rule means that on a 5 or a 6, you cause a mortal wound in addition. And that plus 1 will count. So if you roll a 4, you get it. If you roll a 5 or a 6, you also get it. Right? Yeah, so it so goes more from unmodified to, to modified. Yeah. So that you have much more likely to do a headshot. And it feels really cool. But in order to do that, you've had to not move. And shoot, and it's still a chance.
0: And you had to take a sniper in your list and deploy him appropriately. Yeah. Like, you put a lot of work into setting up this shot, as a sniper should, in this sort of, like, you, little class fantasy.
1: Yeah, and it makes you incentivize to take a sniper and not do what everyone was doing in the first edition, which is, I took sniper and then I took plasma gun, because now I can't roll a one to kill myself. Uh Because I can re-roll the one, because that's what sniper lets me do. Frustrating. Yeah, I
0: there's there's gas in this tank. They just have to kind of fix it. And I really hope they do Um, I think with the changes that we listed and i'm sure there are others that we just totally missed Uh, We could keep talking about this for much longer. I'm sure. Yeah, um But I think if they dug into it, they could fix it and with the the advent of a new edition, They have an opportunity to do so but, I mean, that does kind of bring up a question. Uh, these were sort of our experiences with Kill Team and our recommended changes. What about you guys out there listening? Um, have you played Kill Team? If you did, what did you think about it? Uh, did you share some of our opinions? Or did you, do you think that maybe we're a little nuts and you didn't notice any of this? Which is very, very possible. Uh, if so, we'd love to hear from you down in the comments below or on social media. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, we're out there. And, uh, as always at the end of the podcast, we would love to ask you to like, subscribe, uh, whatever else you got to do to interact with the algorithm to get it to other people. Or if you're a real champion, share it with a friend. If, you know, if you know somebody who's maybe had a rough time with the first edition of Kill Team and you want to try to bring them back in for the second edition, maybe send them this episode. Maybe we could sort of bring them back around that this thing isn't totally without hope. Um... As always, we love interact with you guys. And anything we could do to get the show in front of more people, we'd appreciate your help with. And don't worry. When new Kill Team drops, I fully expect we will do an episode on it, sort of following up to see if they fixed what we wanted them to or if they didn't. And we'll try to bring it to you, honestly.
1: But I'm hoping and that we get to come back with a good review. And we'll be playing it and we'll be taking pictures. We'll be putting them on social media. So it'll be, it'll be great. We said Hot Orc Summer, and it's twofold, threefold now, actually. AOS, Kill Team, and 40K. So, so many Hot Orcs running around this summer. Hot God. Orc Summer. Hydrated, thriving,
0: and blessed. <laughs> no cell phones in sight. Just people <laughs> living in the moment, tearing their buddies in half. <laughs> but for now, that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide, Kentucky Fried. We'll see you all next time.